0: Welcome to a Thanksgiving Focus Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef.
1: You know, the national celebration of Thanksgiving Day has really deteriorated into eating and watching football. But in reality, we as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are thankful every single day, every waking moment. And we're especially thankful at leading the way for the partners who have stood with us, particularly in the international events, the doors that only God can open. And so I thank you from the bottom of my heart, and may the Lord bless you and make your thanksgiving to be truly thanksgiving.
0: We're so honored that you're taking time out of your day to join Dr. Michael Youssef for what's poised to be an encouraging and challenging leading-the-way audio message today the familiar account of when Jesus healed 10 lepers, and yet only one of them expressed thanks to Jesus for that life-changing healing. You'll see this event from a different and challenging perspective. Let's join Dr. Michael Youssef for a message he's called The Attitude of Gratitude. Have
1: you ever had the experience of knocking yourself out for someone And all you hear back is absolute silence, not a word of thanks. Have you ever been in a situation where you've always been the giver and the other person always takes and takes and takes? Have you ever seen someone who has been truly blessed of God in every way? And yet all they talk about of how bad things are, how wrong things are in their life, how bad their past was. How victimized they have been. Have you ever loved and loved and loved? And the other person takes your love for granted. Or even outright rejection. Well, if you ever have that experience or acquainted with such an experience, I want you to tune in. Because you most certainly understand how Jesus felt. In this incident that has taken place, recorded by Dr. Luke in chapter 17, many a time Jesus gave of Himself and gave of Himself and gave of Himself and the crowd took and they took and they took and they only came back to take some more. I think if we are honestly, let God's mirror in heaven reflect our inner attitude toward Him. In all honesty, I think we'll be shocked To discover how few of us have ever learned to develop that attitude of gratitude. I know it's a cliche, but it's a good one. Luke 17. Luke tells us there was a group of melancholy lepers. They met Jesus outside on the border between Galilee and Samaria. I'm going to come back to that. That's a very important detail. Mark it down. They were a mixture of Samaritans and Jews. You know, common misery had drawn them together. You know, misery loves company. Under normal circumstances, the Jews would have absolutely nothing to do with the Samaritan and vice versa. But there is a common bond, same misery. I wondered when I was going through this passage, I reflected a little bit how in any institution, church, office, any institution, I wondered if you notice what I've noticed. That the gripers, the complainers, the critical people, the negative people somehow found each other. And they get together very quickly. And somehow they're drawn to each other. They have a common bond. <laughs> Water found its level. The leprosy has leveled the ground under the Jews and the Samaritans. Ethnic background doesn't matter when your skin is filled with white blots called leprosy. Leviticus 13 tells us that the diagnosis of the leper takes place by the priest. He examined the skin from a distance, and then he keeps the person in a quarantine for seven days. And then he examined them again, and seven days later, if there's leprosy is still there, he is declared a leper. And immediately that person is taken out of the community. He has moved outside of the city wall, and they've been put in a place of total isolation. The only person that a leper could get near to is another leper. Only the priest could change this declaration. Only a priest can issue a certificate to say this person is healed or cured or cleansed. Why? Because in the Old Testament, leprosy was a type of sin, just as Pharaoh was a type of Satan. And in order to keep God's people pure, in order to keep God's people holy, lepers were isolated from society. They were isolated from the community. In fact, this is the place which is the border between the Samaritans and the Galilees. It's a no man's land. And this is where the Samaritans dumped their lepers and the Galileans dumped their lepers. And that's how they got together. No man could touch a leper, but Jesus is the only one who did. Do you know why? Because he is our sin bearer. He could touch a leper without being infected. Just as he can take away your sin and my sin and remain to be the holy, pure, righteous Son of God. The ten men, they were all lepers. So they stood from afar, Luke tells us, because they didn't want to get close to Jesus. You see, they knew he can perform a miracle, but they did not know that he was a sin bearer. <laughs> so they yelled with a loud voice, and they said, Jesus. You see, Jesus already knew he understood their desperation. He already understood their predicament. He already understood their feeling of rejection. He already understood their deepest longing. He already understood their crushed spirit. He already understood their lonely isolation. He already understood their inner pain. So, without even telling them that they are healed, without even telling them that they are cured, he said to them, Go to the priest, show yourself, in order to get the certificate of cleansing. Now they can go back into society again. Now they can get a job. Now they can talk to people without people running away from them. Now they can get married. Now they they can have children. What Jesus did for them is far more than just healing. Listen carefully. There's a lot more here than just a healing of a sick person. And I want you to understand why Jesus, in a very few times in his ministry, very few times, this is one of the rarest occasions, that he can literally open his heart to us and tell us that he was so deeply disappointed, that so deeply hurt in his feeling. He said, where are the other nine? They didn't come back to thank him. It's more than just a miracle. After the healing, all of the ten were healed. Only one exhibited that attitude of thanksgiving. The other nine, they took the healing for granted. The other nine, they took the gift and ignored the giver. The other nine, they grabbed what was given to them, and they thought that God owed them something. Only one in ten came back to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. His heart was so thankful that he couldn't pass the opportunity. And I want you to notice how detail-minded doctors are. Thank God for that. Thank God they're not like me. They are so detail-minded. And you say, why is this? I said, Dr. Luke is the one who's recording this particular incident here. And with scientific precision, watch everything that he writes down. He is detailing everything. And he said, this one was a Samaritan. That was not wasted. That's very important. He was a Samaritan. He did not understand the covenant. He was not part of the covenant. He was not expecting the Messiah. He was not taught to understand that the Messiah is coming. He was not. He was not. The attitude of gratitude is so rare when it ought to be as common as the heartbeat. Someone said that he who forgets the language of gratitude can never be on speaking terms with happiness. And you know what? I've never met a griper who's happy. Not one time. You may have, I haven't. But look at verses 15 and 16 of Luke 17. There were two separate acts here as part of the Samaritan ex-leper. It's Thanksgiving. In verse 15, he praised God in a loud voice. I mean, he was yelling praise and thanksgiving. But then, in verse 16, he felt that was not enough. So what does he do? He comes and he throws himself right there on the floor, his face literally touching the foot of Christ, thanking him, praising him. Well, now with this short introduction, I better get to my sermon. (laughs) There are three lessons that I believe the Holy Spirit would teach us from this passage. Number one, many are the requests, but few are the thanks. Secondly, many believe, but few are grateful. Thirdly, there are four characteristics about that attitude of thanksgiving, that attitude of gratitude that I want you to listen to very carefully and measure yourself against them. Where do you fit in on the scale? First, many are the requests, but few are the thanks. I want to give these nine people the benefit of the doubt. I understand not everybody is given to being loud. I understand that. It's all right. But just give them the benefit of the doubt. I honestly looked sideways, up and down. I couldn't find anything that Luke would say about these people. They didn't even mumble, Lord, make us truly thankful. Nothing. (laughs) Nothing. There is no thank you, Jesus, any shape, way, or form. They took off. They didn't even whisper. Yet. When they needed to be healed, I want you to look at verse 13. Here's what Luke said. He said, they yelled from the top of their voice. That's a use of translation, but really what it means. They yelled from the top of their voice. Jesus! Have mercy on us. (laughs) Many people cry to God when they are in trouble. And many are the requests, but few are the tangible signs of thanksgiving. The attitude of gratitude. Many are the cries for help. But little is the visible expression of thanksgiving. But then there's a second thing here that I want us to notice. Many believe, but few are grateful. We're not told of these nine that they were not believers. We're not told that they did not believe in Jesus. In fact, we are given the impression to the opposite. We're given the impression is that they believed Jesus' word and they went straight to the priest to show themselves to the priest to get a certificate of cleansing. These people were desperate to do anything. They were desperate to believe anything. They were ready to receive anything. that would take their misery away. Yet, when the desperation was met, it was never translated into practical thanksgiving. So many of us have learned to wrestle with God like Jacob. So many of us have learned to intercede like Elijah. So many of us have learned to plead with God like Jeremiah. But I want to tell you, there are very few of us who know how to pray with thanksgiving fervently like this Samaritan ex leper. What about you? Third point What are these characteristics of the attitude of gratitude? Let's drink deeply from these four things. Number one, determination. This man returned to Jesus alone. He was alone when he came back. They were all Jews. They were fellow Jews of the Lord Jesus. He was a Samaritan, but he came alone. He could have said, Well, I really shouldn't go back right now because the others are not going and I don't want to be the only one to go. I'll tell you what, I will wait until they go, and we go together as a party, as a group, and express our thanks to God. No, he didn't wait for that. He went alone. Why? Because the attitude of gratitude delights in singing the song of thanksgiving, even if it is alone. I want to tell you something. I cannot measure my thankfulness by others. Even if they seem to be more spiritual. Even if they seem to be more versed in the Scripture. Even if they seem to be more visibly involved in Christian activities. Even if they seem to project an aura of maturity. I want to tell you something. There are some people who project an aura of maturity. Unfortunately, you're going to find them to be the least excited about the work of God and the Word of God. Why? They feel and think that they've heard it all. They know it all. They've done it all nothing excites them nothing moves them nothing accelerates them nothing makes them thankful they think they got it all figured out i want to tell you i pity them second characteristic of the attitude of gratitude is this promptness this samaritan went back to christ almost immediately immediately He didn't wait for Thanksgiving Day. He didn't wait for Sunday. He didn't wait until other people can hear him and see him. He didn't wait for a thing. He went immediately back to the Lord Jesus Christ. Did God bless you today? Express that attitude of thanksgiving immediately. Did God's hand of protection shrouded you today? Thank Him immediately. Has God's hand led you today? Thank Him now. Today. On the spot. And then there is... A third characteristic of attitude, of gratitude, and that is of intensity. Determination, promptness, intensity. This man was not satisfied with the kind of shaking of the hand. Thank you very much. He was not satisfied with, Lord, make us truly thankful. (laughs) He returned with a loud voice like the Pentecostal of Pentecostals, and he glorified God loudly. Let the chips fall where they may. He was not showing off. He was not attracting attention to himself. And I tell you why he didn't do it. Because he has been isolated. He doesn't know social graces. Thank God for that. He just did what came natural to him. His heart was bursting with thanksgiving. And he expressed it as loud as he could. He wanted the whole world to know the intensity of his thanksgiving. He wanted the whole world to know the intensity of his gratitude. He didn't want to keep it a secret. You and I know people who say, well, my religion is really very private. (laughs) I think it's very private. He's never experienced it. (laughs) I want to tell you the obvious about our society. It's the obvious, but I'm going to repeat it anyhow. When somebody says hallelujah in the church, oh, he's a fanatic. You go to the ball game, you shout from the top of your lungs, he's a fan. <laughs> I'm honestly convinced. And some of our parents really receive blame for this. And I'm, I'm not talking about my own because mine always taught us to be free in the Lord. But there there's some people who honestly believe that you're not a Christian unless your lower lip is so low that he can trip on it. You know? I mean, it is so low, it can really literally suck marbles out of a growth of hole. <laughs> Baptized in vinegar. <laughs> no joy. Now, I don't understand this type of Christian, I want to tell you. God bless him. The fourth characteristic is humility. how you know, people think a humble person is a doormat? Far from it. Far from it. If you've ever been given that... Crazy idea that a humble person is a doormat that somebody punches him every time they walk by. That is not the humility that the Bible talks about. Humility is acknowledging the goodness and the mercy of God. Humility puts the thanks where it belongs. Humility gives the credit to what it's due. That's what humility is all about. Determination, promptness, intensity, humility. This man fell on his face right on the ground there. As if to say, Jesus, without your love I'm nobody. Jesus, without your mercy and your grace and your forgiveness and your healing, I am a nobody. I am a nothing. That's what he's saying. Jesus said, without me you can do nothing. That's humility. Jesus... I was dead. I was breathing, but I was dead. As far as the world is concerned, I might as well be. I would have been better off. But you gave me life. You have given me the abundant life, Jesus. I thank you. Look at verse 17. Here's what Jesus said We're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Were none found to return and give thanks to God, except this foreigner, this Samaritan? I don't know why I focused on this direction as I was studying this passage. But as I was going through it, I felt there was an opportunity here for this Samaritan to really blow it. I mean, this is a real opportunity for him to blow it, but he didn't. He could have said, well, Jesus, you know, we Samaritans have just been misunderstood through the years, you know, for too long. Uh, we are really loyal people. We are thankful people. We haven't received the blessings of Israel, but we really are. No. Oh. He could have said, well, Jesus, you know, these people are just not as thankful as I am. and They're just not as good as I am. They're not as smart as I am. They're not as... No. He didn't do that. That's part of that humility. Because this man's true humility did not point out to the weakness of others. Finally... The attitude of gratitude carries with it its own special blessing. If you forget everything I said, mark this one. Last verse, verse 19. Thanksgiving carries with it special blessing. They were all physically healed, yes, oh yes. But this one man received the special spiritual blessing on top of his healing. Why? Because he knew how to be thankful. Because he knew how to give thanks in all circumstances. But especially when he's blessed. To all physically healed, yes. But you see, beyond the miracles and beyond the supernatural intervention and beyond the healing and beyond the material blessings that God has given us, there is something far more tangible. There is something far more important. It is called eternal life. All of the lepers were healed. All ten of them. And a few years later, they all died. Yet this thankful Samaritan ex-leper received not only life, but eternal life. Listen to what Jesus said to him. Verse 19. Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. It's a wrong translation. Because well is physical. But they already got healed. How well can he get He's already been healed. Well, the word here, whole, means saved. Eternally saved. When the scripture exalts us in many places, in many places, you know the passages go home and get a concordance and look them up. Paul, James, Peter, constantly telling us, be thankful in all things, be thankful in all circumstances, be thankful, rejoice. Why do you think they're doing this? Is just that so you be theologically enlightened? So you can sound good and pious, oh yeah, I'm thankful. No. The very reason is that the apostles understood that the attitude of gratitude, the heart of thanksgiving carries with it a special spiritual blessing of its own. Blessing, you cannot put a commercial value on it. Having preached my heart out, I want to tell you, this is not something that comes to me easily. But I deliberately, intentionally, daily... Vocally, let the thanksgiving from the bottom of my heart flow to my Lord. Because I recognize that without Jesus, I am nothing. You know, God is a father who loves you. He doesn't want to take things away from you. He wants to bless you. He's got it all. It is your lack of thanksgiving that is stopping the blessing from flowing to you. Will you, in the spirit of humility, say, Lord, empower me with the attitude of gratitude. Deliver me from the complaining spirit, the griping spirit. Reminded me constantly that without your love, Jesus, I would be heading straight for hell. And then help me to tangibly express this.
0: A challenge from Dr. Michael Youssef to experience a life overflowing in thanksgiving, showing God and others an attitude of gratitude. Thank you for joining Dr. Michael Youssef for Leading the Way. As we close today's Leading the Way audio, I'd like to share one of the recent letters a viewer from the Kingdom Sat shared with us. I am from Morocco. I've been watching Dr. Michael Youssef and following his teaching for a long time. He was the reason for me to find Jesus as my Savior. Friends, this viewer went on to request a visit from Leading the Way team members. Please pray for the field team as they minister and as they help him grow deeper in his faith. With your prayers and your financial support, Leading the Way is able to reach into North Africa, Australia, and all over the Arabic-speaking world through the Kingdom Sat. And if you've been a part of this support team, we want to thank you. And if you haven't yet made that step, well, allow me to encourage you to become a part of what God is doing through the ministry of Leading the Way. You can learn ways to stand with Dr. Youssef. Give us a call. We're at 866-626-4356. And of course, there's always information available at ltw.org. ltw.org. And you can connect with us through the Postal Service. Write to us at Leading the Way, Post Office Box 20100, Atlanta, Georgia, 30325. This program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef, passionately proclaiming uncompromising truth.